Welcome to the Beauty Aside podcast. I'm Gentry Quinn. I dropped out of school at the age of 17, got my GED, and still managed to build multiple businesses and a beauty line from the ground up. Beauty Aside, each week we'll be talking with entrepreneurs and learning what it takes to achieve balance and what it really means to follow your dreams. I am so excited to be here with you today because you are not only my dear friend, but honestly, you are one of the most talented people I know. It, under hustler in the def, in the dictionary, I'm sure your name's under there somewhere. I don't I, I don't know. You are <laughs> extremely passionate. Um, you have pretty much been dancing the entire time I've known you, which has yeah. been for many years. You now own your own dance studio, mm-hmm. which is impressive by itself, but. To add to that, you own your own dance studio by yourself, meaning you don't have any partners, which is not anymore. Additionally yeah. impressive. So I'm really excited to tell people or let people hear, not me tell them, but you tell them your story today so that people can really understand what it takes to make it as a small business owner in a competitive field. Yeah. And um, and yeah, I'm just gonna jump right in. Um, welcome Carly Bell. Thank Welcome, you. Carly Bell. Thank yes. you. I love your name, too. <laughs> I remember us having that conversation before. Carly Bell. It's a good name. And Dance Thank by you. Carly. Yes. That's the perfect name for a dance studio, by the way. Thank you. So I'm just going to jump right in to the nitty-gritty. You were teaching dance for many years, and then at one point in time, you had many years under your belt, mm-hmm. and you decided, you know what, I think that I can teach and do this on my own. So what was kind of that turning point when you had that epiphany of, I want to, I think I can really do this on my own because it's a really big deal. It's one thing to be employed by someone and to teach dance. And it's another thing to say, I'm going to have employees and I'm going to run out of building and you know what I mean? And I'm going to advertise and market myself. And so what was that? How did you come to that point? So um, I was teaching at a, a performing arts studio, basically. They were a private school, and so they offered ballet and hip-hop and everything, and mm-hmm. they were amazing. Taught there for eight years, and at one point, I kind of started to get my feet wet a little bit at other studios and other places, and I went and opened up my own little thing at at Lifetime Fitness Mm -hmm. where I was teaching toddlers and they had nothing like that there. So they said, you know, you can come in and promote it Mm -hmm. free. You know, you come in on your own dime and promote it, try to get some people signed up, see how, you know, see what kind of hits you're going to get on it. So I don't mean to interrupt, but for people that aren't aware, when you say I've did my own thing at Lifetime, can you kind of explain what that means? Like, because Lifetime is a huge it's a big yeah, it's a big place. place, Um, You want to teach your own classes? Yeah, I wanted to open up dance classes there Mm -hmm. for the youth. They have tons of adult classes and hip hop classes and you know and stuff like that, but they didn't have a whole bunch offering to little bitty kids that Mm -hmm. are two and three years old and you know younger ones that are in elementary school. Mm -hmm. So I started promoting that and I built it and it got really, really big. Mm -hmm. And it was around that time that I was like, you know, I'm gonna manifest something a little larger. Mm -hmm. And then I started building my website and and just 
that way. Okay, so let's get real raw for a second. Like, everybody operates differently in business. Some people are super methodical. Some people are, like, super, you know, um, what do you call it? Type A. You know, some people work more spontaneously. How much thought did you really put into it versus, you know, like, logically versus just the emotion? Like, how much, like, was it balanced? Did you really think about it a lot? Or did was it really something, like, your emotions just kind of propelled you to do? do yeah, it was saying? more, <clears throat> excuse me, it was more of a, you know, kind of a fantasy idea. Ooh, I wonder what could happen if I did this. And I wonder if I could find a really cheap place to rent space from and, you know, start a company there. Mm -hmm. And um, really, it all came down to this one little girl that I taught at the private school, mm -hmm. actually at Lifetime. And I moved her into the private school because we had a competitive team, and she was amazing. And so I told her parents for about a year, come on, come to the studio, let's do, put her in competitive. Mm -hmm. And her parents were the ones that actually, at the beginning, opened up my studio with me. They were investors. They were investors, you yeah. You did all the, what did you say they were silent I did all the promotion. They were very silent, so yes, you, yeah. You took initiative and you did everything from yes. the ground up. But yes. they they were the ones that provided the money for you to be able to do Absolutely. those things. Absolutely, yes. Okay. Now, um, would you say there was a little bit of luck involved in that? Um, I definitely feel, yeah, there was some luck involved, but at the same point, I always went above and beyond for the little ones, and the only reason that even happened that day was because I took her home, because her parents weren't feeling that good. Mm -hmm. So I drove her home after class, mm -hmm. and it was that night that she was like, Mommy, Daddy, you should open up a studio for, for Miss Carly. And I mean, I'll, I'll tell you this, I was making $10 an hour. I wasn't making anything. I was a single mom making $10 an hour, teaching, you know, a, a lot during the week, dance after dance after class after class. So I was hustling really hard. Mm -hmm. And um, that was the night where she said, I was kind of complaining about, you know, mm -hmm. my salary and how much I was making. And I knew that there was more that I could get from this. I felt like I was doing a lot more, mm -hmm. but I didn't have the manager title. I just mm -hmm. felt like I needed more so than that. So in a way, <clears throat> I don't want to speak for you, but in a way it sounds like you were, you were already doing everything I, yeah so you're kind of like why not do it for myself yeah yeah I learned the trade so to speak you, learned, I, you got in there and you learned so I also want to mention this for the people that I feel like there's a lot of people that think that they can shortcut things in life and that, that they deserve things after they've worked for a year you I just want to point out you literally worked for years you danced and taught under someone else for years you went into a business you you learned the mechanics yeah. of Every piece of the mm. uh, of the business, excuse me. You you know you went to the front desk. You learned the front I desk. I did. Like you learned all of the pieces. I did. Yeah. And got that experience underneath your belt, including going to an extra step. You're already teaching full time of getting a second job. So it's like having a full time <laughs> job and a half. Yeah. Hustling, building up sort of like a base before you decided to open up oh yeah school. I had uh, when I left my studio and opened my own studio I had about 30 that followed me so I so opening the doors <clears throat> yeah you already had built up yeah uh, I would say a loyalty I did I was renting yeah. space from this place out in Buda like this mm -hmm. tiny little space because I wanted to do competitions still and I um, started renting that space and they were only charging me ten dollars an hour so I had the girls come and they were starting to take classes there. So mm -hmm. it got bigger and it got bigger. And I, and so when I finally opened my doors after doing that for about 
eight months. Mm -hmm. When I finally opened the doors, I already had about 30 students that were in competitive. And what, what I decided to do to get the word out a little bit more was I would get two vans, mm -hmm. you know, just some vans on Craigslist mm -hmm. and offer an after school pickup and go to the schools and pick up elementary school kids. Mm -hmm. No other studios in South Austin offer that, or they, they didn't whenever I first opened. <clears throat> Excuse me, so uh, that definitely brought in a bunch of kiddos too. So within the first six months, I was covering my overhead, I was covering uh, my salary, I was covering the rent, I was doing all of that within about six months after opening. Summer times are really hard, so summer times are the toughest part with a studio. So would you say that, um, yeah, I know a lot of businesses are seasonal like that with the summertime months. How do you, how do you prepare? How do you get through those, those times? I, mean, I know you're super creative. So I, yeah. I know you've mentioned to me, um, I mean, and, and, and super creative is like sort of an understatement. I, th when I think about you, I love to write stories and I, I always think like the quintessential storyteller is able to like get themselves into a corner and then figure out a way to get themselves out. Mm -hmm. And I feel like you're like a real life storyteller. You're always getting, I mean, it's just the nature of the business. You always have challenges, but some of yeah. the challenges that you've told me, and I don't know if we'll get the, to those today, but some of the challenges you've told me about, I'm literally sitting there as a storyteller trying to figure out a way to help you or you know what I mean yeah figure out a solution and sometimes I'm stuck I'm like man I, I just I don't know but you always figure out a way to be creative and work through those hard times yeah it's it's been tough so <clears throat> what would you say to um what would you say I'm gonna back up for one second and then go forward again what would you say to someone that's just starting to dream big, if you will, like you did, mm -hmm. um, dream big about having their own small business. Maybe they're they're interested in the same type of industry that you're in. Right. Um, like, what would you say to them starting out, or what would you have said to your younger self? That might be a better way of phrasing it. To your, just <laughs> yeah. just starting yeah. out. Like, what what would you what would you say to them? To plan six months ahead all the time, all the time. It, it, Having a business, and I learned this the hardest way, having a business, you have to prepare for six months in advance. Not and six years. <laughs> eight years, 10 years, you have that in yeah. your mind. You have your goals in mind, mm -hmm. but everything you do has to be prepared. Mm -hmm. Your summertime classes need to be listed on the website during spring break in March, maybe earlier. Uh, it's just really all the extra things that you can do. Mm -hmm. The Christmas camps, the New Year's camps, the parents' night out stuff. You know, it's getting creative and finding a different revenue mm -hmm. than just offering classes, you know? Um, can you, you wanna, share, I don't mean to interrupt, but can you yeah. share one of those creative things that, I, I don't know if that's too big of a question, can you share one of those creative ways that you've been able to kind of take yourself through maybe some more challenging or hard times? Mm. Does something stand out, or is it too is it too loaded of a question? I'm trying to latch onto one particular thing, but there's so many of them. I'm like, okay, which one do I pick? I uh, I think it would just mostly be summer times and okay, how so hard. For instance, in the summertime, what what would be a creative outside of the box thing um, that you've done that that helped? 
Okay. Well, the, the funny thing is, is because the last thing you want to do when you're running a business is during the summer when school is not in sure. and you're not making the the amount of money that you were making, mm -hmm. you got to work around the clock. Mm -hmm. You're working 12 hours a day, but you're already doing that during the school year, mm -hmm. essentially. So in your head, you're thinking, oh, it's a little bit, it's summertime. Mm -hmm. It's summertime, we can kick back a little bit, and it is completely the opposite in a, in a dance studio. Summertime, you're hustling. You're getting full-time summer camps from eight to five. You try to think of creative ways to have toddler classes every day of the week. I started Mother's Morning Out classes. I, um, when I moved into this building, I decided to sublease, because it's a huge building. We're in 12,000 square feet. I subleased to a karate company who has kind of the same program. He picks up from after school care, it's new era, martial arts, and mosaic theater and children's art theater. She's amazing. She offers the same program. So we all kind of work together and so the summer camps have boosted definitely with all these kids coming in. Can I so. just stop <clears throat> a second and tell you, I mean, I'm not trying to like build up your ego or anything because you definitely don't need it. <laughs> But uh, no, kidding aside, I just think that, you know, right now I kind of see this trend going on with like co-op style stuff. And yeah. I don't say that in a negative way. That's actually a great way. And it's a great way to support the community and everyone to support each other, especially when these big uh, retail places are trying to, big management companies are trying to, you know, um, uh, kind of squeeze the little guys. Let's mm -hmm. just let's just put it that way. But you were doing this concept like before it became trendy, which makes yeah. it extra genius because you found this massive space. How many square feet do you say? Uh, this is twelve thousand okay, square 12, feet. Twelve thousand square feet. Just to put that into perspective, our home is like twelve hundred square feet. And um, instead of saying this space is just too big, I don't know what I would do with it. You creatively went, hmm, maybe I could get other businesses mm -hmm. to go in on this with me and it's one thing to have the idea because the idea is genius and it's another thing to secure businesses that are synergistic with your own and then to go the extra mile and help promote each other there's right. like so many levels of genius in there to me um how did you like to me if this were the case I, f I feel like I would look at this building and go, oh my gosh, this is amazing, and I could possibly dream up the same dream, but then I feel like the reality would be so overwhelming. It would be so mm -hmm. overwhelming for me. So how did you manage to kind of deal with the, I don't know if there wasn't any anxiety or if you just like. I am not really an anxiety-driven person. I just kind of, I just go all in, and then I pay the consequences later. <laughs> um, so I really didn't think, oh my God, I can't do this. I was just like, okay, I gotta figure out how I'm gonna do this, you know? And, and it was hard when we first moved in here. This building is old. <clears throat> we had moved in as is, no build out. Mm -hmm. In my prior studio, I got a build out. So I was able to build my walls and you know make it the way that I wanted it to be. We moved in here and we're like, okay, with our own money, you know, and we're all, um, Children's Art Theater, they're a nonprofit organization. Mm -hmm. So we're trying to dig where we can. You know, we've got eight AC units. We've got, you know, uh, so many things. But I just kind of go into things a little bit, not aloof, but just kind of. I think I know what you mean. There's uh, definitely, there's definitely um, an advantage to not overthinking things. Mm -hmm. I'm no psychologist like people would 
probably think that I am, <laughs> Dr. Quinn. But um, but joking, joking aside, I like that. I like that. Aside, um, but honestly, I do feel that whenever we get inside of our own heads, that's when a lot of uh, anxiety can transpire. So I think that there's a beauty to not overthinking things and just being able to go for it. Like there's a perfect balance of like taking risk and also being business savvy and knowing that you have a business concept that's going to work. Right. So I think there's a perfect marriage in there, but um, I just think that that's so interesting and intriguing how, you know, most people are like burdened with anxiety, but you're just like pushing forward ahead. Just the anxiety came later the anxiety after. Came later. Yeah. It all hit at once later, but yeah. So, yeah. Uh, sorry, um, just for the people that don't know, when you mentioned build out mm -hmm. money, a lot of people that don't have businesses yet, they do, they don't know what uh, TI is. They yeah. wouldn't even know to ask for it or that it exists, tenant improvement. Mm -hmm. So um, you, that means that you guys had this bare space and you literally had to figure out a way uh, to come up with thousands of dollars mm -hmm. to make the space look like what you needed it to, a dance right. studio, martial arts studio, right. whatever, theater studio. Right. So um, how did you, you know, I also want to clarify this before I preface it by, before I ask the question, because you, I know you personally, so therefore I know that you didn't have a rich, rich uncle that came to you and gave you a hundred <laughs> no. grand to start a business, or I know yeah. you just, you know, you see opportunity and you go after it and that's why you're successful. But um, now I'm going all over the place. But um, so, yeah. So what would you say was the most challenging part or how did you come up with the money to do that? So I, I didn't up front. I didn't have to come up with any money up front because I moved into an HEB, <clears throat> excuse me, HEB shopping center. And HEB is huge, huge corporation, multi-billion dollar, maybe more, I don't know, corporation. And they offer their tenants, most of the areas in HEB they own, all of the, you know, all of the units around the HEB. Some do, some don't. They actually owned all of the units in that shopping center. Mm -hmm. So if you sign a long lease and you're signing up for five years and you're going to be there for five years, they're going to offer you a build out, which means they're going to give you a lump sum that they'll tack on somewhere and allow you to build your business inside of the, you know, it's basically white walled. I moved into a bank. It was a bank. Mm -hmm. It had no walls. Mm -hmm. So I had to go in there and, you know, they gave us some money to, to build it out. So really it, uh, in hindsight, dance studios are not very expensive to open up. You're, I mean, the mirrors and the floors can get pricey and it kind of depends on how fancy and modern you're trying to get. Um, I tried to stay on the lower budget, low, lower budget of it all, but I had beautiful, you know, oak wood floors and spring flooring and, you know, huge mirrors and I just, it, it really wasn't, it didn't drown me basically financially so, so you, like some businesses would. Right. So you, um, you had tenant, you had TI money for the first location Yeah. and uh, just to clarify for people, at least with the way our businesses have gone you have to still be able to come up, we're just gonna say $20,000. Yeah. You, if you, if it costs 20,000, you have to come up with it on your own. Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't just have 20, 30, 40 grand sitting in the bank. Right. If they're a small business, 
So did you have to still come up with that money up front and then be reimbursed for it? No. At the first location? No. So mm -hmm. they were able to give you that? Yes. Okay, well that is special and maybe that's an It's an very advantage. common actually. I'm, most places, I mean maybe here in Texas or Austin, but most places that are big corporations that you move your business into, they'll offer you a tenant improvement. They'll offer you a build out. They want you there. They want that right. space. They don't want to have vacant spaces. Right. And, um, and it does well for them. Right. And you leave it the way that it was when you came. So that's the idea. That's the so, idea. So for you, they paid for it up front. <laughs> <laughs> for you, they paid for it up front. For us and our business, we had a business at the domain. Um, we actually had to front the money. They paid for it, but we had it was a process. We had to front the money. It was mm -hmm. I don't know twenty something thousand dollars, and then we had to supply them with all this paperwork, with the contractor paperwork, go through wow. all this crap, and um, <clears throat> excuse my language, and then um, and then they reimbursed us like 30, 60 days after that. So it was oh, something wow. that we had. Yes, they did pay for it, but we still had to do it first, I guess. Mm -hmm. So I guess it does work a few different wow. ways. Maybe if the company is really huge, like what you were talking about, maybe they're able to do that. Yeah. Um, but here it was different, right? Oh, here I got nothing. Yeah. Okay. So how did not you, a penny? How did you come up with the money to do it here then? Um, I stopped paying myself. I just stopped paying myself. I paid myself a hundred dollars um, a payroll. So that, you know, because you have to pay your taxes and you mm -hmm. have to do your diligence mm -hmm. with being a business owner, mm -hmm. a lot of legalities. Mm -hmm. So I cut my salary and I was paying myself like $100, you know, every two weeks and scraping by, you know, doing what I can. And, you know, and I have, I have parents that are gracious and helpful and my mom is amazing and my dad has, um, you know, his wife has children who were dancing here. So, you know, I mean, we were all working together mm -hmm. and, um, yeah, I, I had to stop paying myself for a while to come up with it. It took me about wow. probably 15000 to get it to where it is right now. And I'm so. still, and just this week, I put in all the viewing windows, so that's another 1000 So I'm continuing. It's a long, I kind of took a break, and I was like, you know, it's going to take a while mm -hmm. to grow into this space. This mm -hmm. is a huge space. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not going to rush it. I, of course, I know what I want it to look like right now, mm -hmm. but I don't have that money right now. Mm -hmm. So I'll do one thing at a time. I'll paint the bathrooms, you know, this month. Next month, I'll put in the bars, and the month after, you know, so it took time. Okay, so since you brought up money, whenever you very first start a business, I know it works differently for different people, and a lot of that has to do with um, with the money that they have up front. In other words, small business owners may not have any external investor support. They might just save up their money and, and do it all on their own, and some, um, and some people will have a lot of investor money yeah. behind them. So um, so how long did it take, or, or did it take any time at all? Like, did you, did you manage to um, include your salary, like, right from the get-go since mm -hmm. you had investor money? Yeah. Okay, so that's, that's actually a really great thing. Yeah, right? I included to my salary. What it to... took for me to survive. Yeah, no, you know, no, not yeah. anything lavish, I'm sure. Yeah, but, no. I mean, that's how business owners are. You yeah. just get exactly what you need usually. Yeah. Um, but that's great because, I mean, I know, like, yeah, I know, you know, some business owners and, and uh, including ourselves, there's 
there have been long periods of time where we can't actually take in an income because we're putting it back into the company. Right. But so the, for the most part, you've been able to pay yourself, which is really awesome. I, I did. Yeah. For a really long awesome. time. You just, whenever you had to save up money, you decided, yeah, okay, it was well, time to cut it a way that I can, I can take this money and reinvest right. it into this, which you've done so beautifully. Um, and not to mention all the all of the uh, awards, our decorations, or anything like that. But uh, beautiful decorations. I know one <laughs> of the things that you do so brilliantly, and and you mentioned it before, but I want you to tell me, you know, what makes your what makes your studio different than others, mm -hmm. and also maybe just talk to us about the competitions for a minute because I know you're really big into that, yeah. and you're really good at that. Mm. So can you just tell me what makes your, first, what makes your studio different than others? Okay, so yes. what makes us different is that we do offer after-school pickup. So we've got vans. We have four vans out there. Okay. Fully packed. I've got 42 in the program. They come into this room right here. They all have lockers, and they put, keep their stuff here all week. It's like a little family. And then I recruit kids from competitive by being you know, offering after-school pickup. So we have uh, six competitive teams, and they all range by technique level. Mm -hmm. And this year I opened up a little baby team with three-year-olds. Oh it's kind God. of the cutest thing you've ever seen in your life. Oh uh, we call them the rising stars, and I have about five in that team. And they're okay. just really talented little bitty kids that I've recruited from my toddler classes. Okay. And, and it goes all the way up to high school ages. So, of course, there are some girls in my team that can do stuff I couldn't even fathom of ever doing in my life but um, it, it that, I think that that's what separates us from other studios we all have the same dream mm -hmm. we're all a close-knit community mm -hmm. all dance studios know about each other mm -hmm. and we're all special and dynamic in our own way mm -hmm. and I feel like another thing that helps separate that is I've had almost zero turnover everyone with me to this day I have uh, eight employees right now Three or four of them are brand new as of this year, but all of the ones that I have currently have stayed with me this whole time. So the last question that I'm going to ask you today is, is a big one that I often wonder about myself because I have a business partner, right? When mm -hmm. we had our brick and mortar, it's me and Alex all the way. And yeah. we have completely different skill sets, but you do it all on your own. Mm -hmm all on your own and honestly as much as I love having my own business and I have had my own business but on a like tiny little scale of like you know having my own spa business and it, not my own brick and mortar business but as much as I love that business I would never attempt to do it with my skill sets sets meaning I have I know what my strengths are I would never attempt to do it on my own probably without having a business partner so i mean honestly what like i prefer to work alone um i, I mean essentially how do you do I, it i don't know I guess I, the okay is, so here's the deal when yeah. you start training somebody okay i can't run the front desk and teach all the classes you find somebody to run the front desk they take they take some of that from you you know they you have to release a little bit of control, but you train them the way that you want it done, and they do it a, a great job. I mean, my office manager has been with me forever. My creative director, who does all the scheduling, um, orders the costumes, they're amazing. They, the staff is what makes it all happen. You have to, you have to train them mm -hmm. to do it the way that you want it done, or it's not gonna happen.
but it's really the people that you surround yourself with that make it that make it happen. I, I'm not alone. I don't do it alone. Okay. So the answer is to have a good team. Have a good team. A good solid team mm -hmm. and therefore you're not fit. That you trust to release control to because yeah. business owners don't want to release that control. But if you have a team that you love and respect and admire and you feel that they are in it for the long term of the business, mm -hmm. then you can release a little bit of that control and allow them to really help. And mm -hmm. so many people have creative attributes that you don't personally have that can look at it a certain way and say, well, what if we did this? And it's like, oh, my God, I never thought about that. What a great idea. And I'm super open minded, you know, and so I try new things. And if it works, great. If it doesn't, whatever, you know, um, but it is it is about the team. You have to have all of the ideas because you're the entrepreneur. This was your baby that you built. And it does but fall on your back. It falls anything, on your back if something messes up. All the responsibility is yeah. yours. So yeah. I admire you for taking on that responsibility by yourself. You're much braver than I am in that department. And I want to thank you so much for being on my first ever live podcast. Yay! I'm going to camera because I love you. I love you. Thank you. You're amazing. That was fun. You're a wonderful entrepreneur and uh, just an all-around uh, good person. Thank Beautiful you. Beautiful teacher. Again, just want to point out all of the awards here. If anybody's got <laughs> this a is kid. This is only a couple. Yeah, this is I only a few more. awards here. <laughs> this is like 5%. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kidding. This is like creating this beautiful aesthetics. Oh, my goodness. Today. No, but thank you for having me. It's been so fun. And we'll do it again, right? Okay. Part yeah. two? Yeah, part two. Hand hug. Yeah. Hand hug. I'm doing it. No, no, no. Oh. Like your, that oh. was an aggressive hand hug. I'm sorry. I'm a little. That was like a. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no, like hand, hand hug. hug. Okay. Got it. Okay. All right. <laughs> Bye.